Welcome to the MVP Podcast, where we talk about anything NBA. I'm Sam Holcroft, and alongside Gage Zollicoffer. Before we begin, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at MomentumMVP. Follow our Facebook page at MVP Momentum Podcast. All right, Gage, so we've created our own custom NBA stock market game, and we played that throughout the entire season, and it has finally come to an end. So before we know uh, all the numbers, who won, who lost... How did you think it went? I think, I think I should have went towards the Bucks in the beginning. Oh, really? Hmm. If only there was someone who could have told you that. Yeah, but t- turns out that the number one and number two seeds in the East are frauds. No, no, you 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 can't spin it like that. No, that's exactly how I'm spinning it. <laughs> It's because you wanted to bank that the team that you went hard on was going to be the team the rest of the season. And that's not how you do the stock market. You got you got to watch the market. You got to no. predict you got to predict the market. If I pick the Bucks and I do the strategy and I say okay, Bucks are getting number 1 seed and I cash in everything there, I I guarantee you that I probably win. I mean, if you would have done that from the start from the Bucks uh... If you would have done that halfway through the season, because the Bucks started taking over in that second half, and if you look from update eight on, the Bucks just dominated and like closed the gap. There was I don't know how big of a gap was there. There was about four dollar difference at update seven, and there was they were within a dollar of each other by the end of the season. In fact, the Bucks gained like or took the lead at one time too. So. If you would have done this from the start, I don't. I don't think it would have made that big of a difference because they were they were back but, and forth. But we have the function, so it's not like a it's not like uh, the true like stock market. So you could you could just map the function based on the probabilities and then make your expected winnings maximize. But then you're banking on probabilities. You're banking on Le- Las Vegas odds, and I'm okay with that. Okay, but you ne- you never did that though. That's the thing. But like to simplify it, you got to put the Las Vegas odds on who's to win number one seed. I guarantee. Like I didn't do poor. I didn't do bad. There's a difference, Sam. I didn't do bad. No, you. But didn't. I didn't do op. I, it wasn't the best one because if I wanted to, the only thing that beats great records is ten game winning streaks. But who pulls off ten game winning streaks? Top the Bucks seeds. twice. Top seeds. And the since the Bucks pulled off two ten game winning streaks, look where they're at. Yeah, but there was also, and and I'll get to this later. There was another time like you don't you don't need to have them go undefeated. Just have them be the top gainer. Like if you would have if you would have predicted the top gainer and invested all your shares every single time on the top gainer, you would have made approximately. I'm doing I'm doing some mental math here. You would have made approximately seven thousand dollars. But I mean that's impossible, you know? You can't predict the top gainer, but what you can do is stay in the top five every time. It's it's not impossible. Because you said you can go with Vegas odds. No, oh for me. For me, for me to unless I'm like hardcore in the stats and statistics, then I would have to actually play around with the probabilities and do that. But even then, you know, it's even safer as long as you pick a team that's in the top five on average, you know, for your for your gains. The only way that the other person beats you 
is if they have someone else who's high, who's one or two. So let's say, let's say on average, you pick the, the team that's always number three, number three top gainer or number two. Yeah, number two top gainer every 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 week on average. Number two and three, I guess. I mean, it's going to average out that you're going to make tons of money. You can't always be ha- picked the top gainer because in order to pick the top gainer, you have to predict the 10 game winning streaks. You don't get to be top gainer. Uh, well, top gainer with a 10 game winning streak almost guarantees you. Because of how the function is, a 10-game winning streak guarantees you because that's a 100% tacked on to whatever winning percentage it is. And by then, in this season, most of those most of the teams uh, average between, what, uh, 0.68 winning percentage. So if you average it out bet- uh, with the 100, with, a point, with 1.0, that's going to be insane. But as soon as that game drops down a little bit, that, that drastically changes. It's one tier lower. Um, but, I mean, it's a combination of how mid these teams were. If we had a Golden State Warriors team in here, then, like, I mean, the Golden State had their own streaks. So I'm trying to think of it like a counterexample. But what, what I'm, I'm trying to say is that the formula to, of success was pick the best, the team that's probably going to win a number one seed because that is going to correspond with the most 10-game winning streaks, or if possible. Uh, notice how the lo- the losers were always the worst seeds. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, though, because like we're taking their season record into effect. That's half of their, their calculation, so... Like, I mean, that's why it was dang near impossible for the Hornets to make you money those last two weeks because they would have had to basically win. I think they had seven games, if I remember right. They I think they had to win five or six of those games in order to make you money. What I think is every season we should just make up a new function. Like This can be this fun- the year of this function, and then the next year is going to be a different function, and next year will be a different function. I think that would be cool. Yeah. But now that we talked about the process, let's talk about the numbers. So, Gage, we're going to go back two weeks ago where you sold all of your <laughs> Celtics shares for the Bucks because you said, I believe the Bucks are going to beat the Celtics. And remind me, how many points did the Bucks lose by in that game? They lost by 40 because they're frauds. Because they're frauds. They're frauds. <laughs> the best record in the NBA is frauds. They're frauds. Yeah. They're not going to. Here's the thing. They have convinced me that the winner of the NBA finals will not come from the East. <laughs> really? They cannot step up in big moments. All right. Well, all I'm saying is that the Bucks would have been the top gainers if they just would have beaten the Raptors in a meaningless game the last day of the season. But instead, the Celtics beat the Hawks, and the Bucks lost. So that's why the uh, Celtics were the top gainers. But I will tell you this: if the Bucks would have won, you still would have ended up losing. It would have been a lot closer. But so in that yeah, last it was already week, too late. Yep, you hopped on the Bucks train too late. So uh, the totals for the last week was. I got $330.30, and you had $290.68. And uh, by all season, I was uh, 
So I made this little matrix to find out how many, how much money each team made you um, and me. And I also did some calculations. And so some of my uh, hand math was wrong all season. Um, but I ended up winning by $79.58. So I gained $2,515.40. And you gained $2,435.82. Now I will say, I did say one thing wrong. Um, one of the very few things, if you go back and listen to every podcast, one of the very few things I said wrong. And that was, I said the, the Bucks were going to be the team that made me the most money. It unfortunately wasn't because you went so hard in the buck or in the Celtics that I just needed to get some Celtics shares to kind of keep relevancy uh, with the Celtics. So the Celtics were my top team, but uh, Bucks were close second, and then I had 76ers, Nuggets, and Grizzlies were all within like sixty dollars of each other. Yeah, but notice how those it's base it 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 does compile down to you predicting who is going to have the best record. Not Which necessarily. Is, I mean, it's hard. It's it's hard. But like, notice the top gainers are all number one seeds, one seeds, or one two seeds. Actually, that's not true. So I actually made another chart here. So I made a chart of how many times you had the top gainer, like how many how many times you had shares in that top gainer, how many times you had shares in the top five gainers, the top loser and the top five losers. So the Bucks were the top gainer three times. Celtics were the top gainer three times. The Nets were a top gainer twice. So were the Grizzlies. And then the 76ers were a top gainer. Out of the 11 times that we've done this, I predicted a top, or I had the top gainer in my in my stock nine times out of 11. You had them seven. That was including two times that the Bucks got it. Okay, so what about the top five gainers? All right. This is where having a di- diverse portfolio can so help. So a diverse, you're, you're saying a diverse portfolio of the can one help. seeds. No, no. Yeah, it's all of the one seeds. It's the Bucks, Celtics, Nets, Grizzlies, 76ers. Nets were almost, were, were about to be a one seed at one point. And then they just disbanded. And that's when you hop ship because that's it. But but here's the thing. you If you look into it, they were they to- they were top gainer because they got the, those win streaks. It was yeah. the win streaks. Yes. So, like, notice how you can't have a winning portfolio if you have like the Hornets or something, you know, or or the or the or the Lakers or something, you know. But but see, here's the thing: is like, why would you bring those teams up when you can bring up the Bucks? That is a prime example that you would just not invest in. But because because you, the, you the, only uh, went you only went with the Celtics, and that backfired. But with the Lakers, with the Lakers, for example, having an amazing stretch at the end of the season, where's the money? Yeah, they had a bad record. So you can't win the most money unless you're a top seed. So we have to predict the top seeds. And to maximize it, you predict the number one seed. Not necessarily, because now let's go to my next talking point. We're the top five gainers. So there was 11 time brackets that we were looking at. And there's five teams in each. So there's 55 top five gainers the entire season. I had 42 in my portfolio. You had 27. You had half of them. And I had almost two, th- or sorry, almost three quarters. 
And I feel like that could be a huge difference. I mean, the Celtics were on there 10 times. Obviously, you had them every single time except for, I think, maybe the beginning. Uh, the Bucks were on there eight times. Grizzlies five times. You barely had any Grizzly stock. 76ers, you had a few, um, but you hopped on board late. The Suns, you never had any. They were on there three times. Cavs were on there three times. You had them. Uh, the Nuggets were on there six. You bailed on them, but they, uh, I think they were on there twice after you bailed. And then there was a few teams like the Pelicans, Kings, 42 out of 55 compared to 27.55. I feel like if you invest in four of those teams instead of, you know, the Lakers or uh, who are some other teams like the Jazz you did for one week, uh, the Pacers you did for one week, you might have gotten that $80 gap down to like 40 yeah, but the point is, is you you get the mixture of the, of the one seeds. So pick the best teams and sit on them. Unless unless you want to go into hardcore statistic analysis and squeeze a little bit more of earnings out and predict who are going to get these winning streaks. If you remember that that seventy sixers winning streak was crazy, but you also got to keep in mind you didn't have any shares when that started. You hopped on when it continued. Yeah. But and it then, was too late. It wasn't too late because they still gained money. They're still a top gainer. But why would you pick? Why would you invest in the 76ers when you have the Bucks and the and the, and the Celtics? That is true. But so my theory, because as much as I wanted to just bank on the Bucks, I need what I was thinking as a security blanket. Because if I douse some in the Celtics here, douse some in the Bucks here, and have some in the Nuggets and the 76ers, what are the odds that all of them are going to have bad weeks? Pretty slim. So I'm not banking on one team to be good. So since you went hard on the Celtics, which is what I'm counting, 50 shares or more, once you did that, they were the top gainer once, and that was just this last week, and That's you didn't totally even have fine. them. But it's totally fine. But here's the thing: is like if you were banking on the Celtics, I should have being, done it earlier. I should have done it earlier. I should have. I should have went on second week of the season after seeing them because first week I was skeptical of the Bucks, but. Or of the, yeah, or yeah. Of, the, of the Celtics. Of the Celtics. Of the Celtics. Yes. I was skeptical. Yes, because that's going to bring me to a, a point. Things things I love that Gage said this season. And uh, number two was – or sorry, no, no. Sorry. Number three is uh, Celtics are going down, and it's not going to look good. You said that in the preseason. <laughs> <laughs> and then – Fast forward, you just okay. You okay, I, okay. Let me add some context to that. All right. So w- before, when I was thinking about the, the 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 season, I thought that your stock would be weighed based on like kind of like in correlation to the record last year, and 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 their playoff performance last year. So what I was saying that is that. You're not going to make the NBA Finals. Well, you're not. The only way that the Celtics can improve on this season is to win the NBA championship from last season. That's what I said. That's what I meant. But it didn't correlate at all to the stocks. Obviously, like playoffs, how the whole season ends doesn't really matter here. 
Yeah, but and see, and here's the thing: is I at the time I kind of agreed with you a little bit because you gotta keep in mind that uh, they didn't really have a coach at that time, like because their coach got fired, and we were like, "Is this team gonna recover?" And like pretty quick, we were we realized like this team is gonna be fine, like the star power is gonna be able to keep them in it. That's the power of the media, like NBA media. It's so bad. It's the recency bias is insane. One one day we're we're calling LeBron James the goat, the next day we're calling him a fraud, like <laughs> for <laughs> losing. Um, so I'm just gonna bring up since I brought up number three on my top five things that I love that Gage said this season. Starting number five, the Suns aren't the team you want to invest in. You said this. I on- stand by it. On stock market update three, you said that you're expecting this team to win games without Chris Paul. They're going to lose three to four games. Engage in that seven game stretch. How many did they lose? Okay, okay, okay. Let let me. Okay, so this podcast can just turn into me explaining these things, and then we can just call it quits. So my mind was, I still believed Chris Paul was a uh, like you know a top point guard in the league. He still is a, a decent point guard, but Chris Paul fell off so hard. He, you know, he's getting older, still Hall of Fame, but he fell off enough that the Suns can actually manage without him. Um, in my mind, I was still thinking Chris Paul was still a great player. I, but I, I didn't watch too many of the games to realize he had no lift in his shot. Um, he was. Uh, easily blow viable. Pat Patrick Bev mentioned that like last year, but that is my explanation. I thought highly of Chris Paul. Okay, there you go. All right, <laughs> but they only lost one game in that stretch, and you I were thought like, highly of Chris Paul. You were like, they're go, they're gonna lose three or four games, and this is before the Kevin Durant trade and everything. So, um, number four. I don't understand why you're buying into Utah. They're only a bubble investment. And then we fast forward the next week. I sell my Utah sh- shares and you buy Utah shares. And what do they do? That was a joke. They lose money. That was money. a joke. We they both lost. know that was a joke. No, that was no. a joke. Because I couldn't figure out who else to invest in. That was a joke. It was definitely a joke. Why would you invest in Utah? Oh, Utah is going to look scary. I never actually bought into Utah. And but, never you, bought but you bought Utah. two shares because you were like, look at everyone else. I bought in two shares. I swear I bought a share of like uh, Indiana at one point or ran. Oh, Indiana yeah, you did. And like you did. That was random, random teams. Yeah. Uh, there, Utah was just a random. But team. here's the thing is like I bought Utah. You said that's really weird, but you saw me make money off of it. And then you were like, <laughs> it was a joke, like, dude. You were like, hmm, maybe Hey, you got I didn't have I probably didn't have enough money to invest in something else. Like, like, like I was probably like done with my major investments. I had like 20 bucks. And I was like, okay, sure. Utah. Okay. Uh, so number three was uh, Celtics going down, which you already explained. Number two was switching to the bucks the last week of the season and, <laughs> and them getting blown out by the Celtics and the okay. Celtics being the top. I, I, I told you that was exactly a bet. I bet that the bucks were going to beat the Celtics. That was the bet. I, I, I mentioned, I was like, all right, so I'm going to just make a bet at the end of the season. The Bucks are going to beat the Celtics. That's it. And so I, I, I debated on that, and it turns out that, you know, the Bucks are frauds. 
And that brings me to number one. You keep saying it too. Bucks are frauds. Bucks are frauds. You're I, gonna see them exposed in the playoffs. I knew I should. I should have trusted my gut. I knew I should have trusted my gut. Fool me once, all right. Um, and then number zero. I mean, it's obvious. Why did you keep investing in the Lakers for so long? They lost. They're my money. good luck charm. They're my good luck charm. Yeah, <laughs> they were just. Like, here's the thing. We could go back, and if you just would have invested in some other team that, like, even made you just – if you would have invested in the Kings over the Lakers, you would have ended up making money, and it might have been close enough. Like, even if you kept them for the same amount of time. Look, good luck. It didn't bring you good luck, though. You know, you lost, like, $11 from Off them. of the Lakers? Off of the Lakers all season sucks i know i i had them for for that first uh two and a half weeks of the season and i uh i lost like 12 dollars off of them (laughs) and i said never again but yeah so that was just my top five favorite things that gage said this season about the stock market other than you know never listening to me like Hey, you should maybe get some Suns stock because they're they're no. doing pretty good right now. I don't regret that. I just, you know, I don't regret it. I know I lost money. I know that, but I don't regret getting not getting Suns stock because I feel like if you do look I, the the teams I invested in over the Suns, totally fine. I mean, yes, but like there was that time frame where like because I gained quite a bit of money from the Suns from the Suns, I gained. $85 from them. And I only had them for two, three, four, five, five out of the 11 time, times. And I made $85. And they lost me money once. No, 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 no. I think it was good. I thought it was fun. I think we should try a different function next year just to mix things up again. Yeah. Well, I mean, and like I said, like when, when we started this, I started or I came up with this like what, maybe two weeks before we decided to. Like before the season started, so I was like, "Hey, I have this idea," and then we kind of came up with the the first function. First function made it so like a team could get a thousand dollars per share, and I'm like, "That's a little too much." So um, I think fixing it up a little bit, uh, maybe creating a whole new one. We'll we'll test it over the off season, and, and we'll see. Maybe we predict the most mid team, you know, like the Hawks. <laughs> they are they are the definition of mid. You get more points if you're at 500 versus like yes, yes, like yeah, yeah. If, if like if you have a 500 record, stock doubles. <laughs> like, but if if you're winning a lot of games, trash. If you're losing a lot of games, trash. Uh, once again, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Momentum MVP and follow our Facebook page at MVP Momentum Podcast. I've been Sam Holcroft, Gage Zolikoffer. Thanks for listening.